bringing you devil music from the Bible Belt and beyond. It's Chicken Ranch Records, the podcast. Your host, Mike Dickinson, brings you conversations from random guests, plus Chicken Ranch news, giveaways and surprises. From our headquarters in Austin, Texas, it's Chicken Ranch Records News Minute. Real news by artificial newscasters. Brought to you by the fine folks at Tyrell Industries. Chicken Ranch have lots of new items in our web store. Night Drive's Position 2 arrives on vinyl with black or digital floral colors. Check out the winter version of Summer Waves available digitally on December 15th. The band are currently hard at work on the follow-up, Position 3 and have 2024 shows announcing soon. Como Rebi topped off an epic 2024 with a show in Goa for Royal Enfield and a show in New Delhi supporting Irish band Westlife. Her comic book companion to her album, The Fool, is now available at our web store and includes a free digital download of their album with purchase. Como Rebi performs at Lollapalooza India in Mumbai in January with a tour of India to follow. The Waymos return to action on January 20th as they play River Remedy in Rome, Georgia. Ask for the Waymos Greener Pastures LP at your local record store or order it from us. Get it on Black or Side Ice World Vinyl. J.M. Stevens' new album, Nowhere to Land, lands on your turntable this spring. Stevens continues his streak of earworm-infested, roots-influenced rock and roll. Check out jmstevens.net for tour dates. And wrapping up 2023, join us on New Year's Eve at the decline of Hotel Vegas in Austin. It's Hotel Vegas' annual all-star salute and cover fest. Chicken Ranch offers up as tribute, Caleb DeCasper and Broken Gold, performing songs by The Cure and Broken Gold, performing songs by The Replacements. Check out Hotel Vegas' website for more details. Hello, and welcome back to Season 2 of the Chicken Ranch Records Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Dickinson, here in Austin, Texas, USA. Happy Christmas, everybody. On today's program, we have comedian, musician, and actor, and writer, Dave Hill. Dave has a new book out entitled The Awesome Game, One Man's Incredible Globe-Crushing Hockey Odyssey. Is your year been? You've got a big year. It's been good. I've been um, had a fun year. I think, especially the last few months, have been mm-hmm. pretty like nonstop since like August, where it's almost December. December tomorrow, and it started. I went to, I flew to Brussels for one magical day in Brussels, wow. and I was alone and very jet lagged, and walked around, and would stop off and have. A Belgian beer. I rarely am in this situation where I'm walking around drinking by myself. (laughs) But once in a while it happens. And I just think, oh, I'm having a nice time. And then I woke up the next day and I was like, oh boy. Oh, oh boy. (laughs) That's a lot of Belgian beer. But then I went to Rotterdam and I did a show there that was super fun. At uh, Comedy Club Hoch. If I'm saying that right. And that was great. And... It was sold out. My first show in Rotterdam sold out. It's very nice. I play the smaller room in the club, but as time goes on, the story will change. You're working up the big room. To that, uh, that well, when I retell the story of my first show in Rotterdam, I'll say it was the big room. You know, and I'm it's 98 years old. But then, and then I went to Am- no. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm telling you everything in real time. I went to Amsterdam, saw some friends, had a great time. Then I went to. Edinburgh and did the last two weeks of the Fringe Fest and that was super fun and then I came back to New York for a few days and I did a musical with Kevin McDonald from Kids in the Hall he wrote an amazing musical called Superstar that's really just great and fun it's great music and really funny and then right after that I went on tour with Tenacious D for 10 days and that was like maybe the funnest 10 days of my life those guys are all so nice and amazing just Jack, Kyle, the band the whole crew everyone's so welcoming and nice I saw Metallica play like two, three weeks before 
the Tenacious D tour. And I got to say, Tenacious D puts on a better show. <laughs> yeah. And I love Metallica. Don't get me wrong. Um, it was just amazing watching that show every night. And I had such a blast. And we're going to go. I'm going to do uh, seven shows with them in Ireland and UK in May. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's been nonstop. And then I did. What else did I do? I can't even remember. I've been having so much fun. I did Rhett Miller's songwriting as Magic Camp. It was me. Well, Rhett, of course. Charles Thompson, a.k.a. Frank Black, a.k.a. Black Francis. Hello. Oh. How are you? Oh, yeah, 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 Good. Yeah. We're doing our, pod, our podcasting. Uh, We're podcasting. Yeah. Tango. Oh, P-Lander Yellis just walked in. Yeah. yeah. What's coming up? No, no, we're just talking. We're talking. Oh, okay. Audio, audio, yeah. Okay. Um, here, I want to give you uh, some bio huh? for food. Oh, it's okay? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> That's awesome. Everyone eats. Yeah. Just, I gave them $1 million. Since we're recording, they won't oh, know how oh, much yeah, exactly. I really yeah. gave them. It's a hell of a buyout. Um, yeah, thanks for having Peelander on the show. That was really, really Yeah, well, I've been well. such a fan of... Uh, oh, the camp, before I forget, Rachel Yamagata, who was amazing, and Michael Casey, and then the, everyone who came to attend the camp was so fun and discovered a lot of new, great artists. And, yeah, I'm P- Peelander... I've been a fan of P. Lander Z for 20 years now. My cousin, Kieran, used to run the infamous Siberia bar in New York. That's where I first saw P. Lander Z in the basement of, the, of, the, of you know, of uh, Siberia. Well, uh, and they were just amazing, like human bowling and everything, just absolute chaos so you did the wrestling stuff then with the chairs yeah. so yeah you thank you for doing the chicken ranch uh, showcase and party uh, yeah that was uh, super fun. Was a lot of fun I had a great time and that was the be- that was yeah that was last March I guess yeah you were um, one of 35 bands that played that day that was no in, way in fucking sane I'm not going to do that again this well year. that <laughs> was you know it's funny you bring it up because I remember we were like kind of like not sure what I was going to do and then P. Lander Z came on, and I was watching that, and I was like, I have to come up there. I can't fuck around after these guys. <laughs> I got to bring the heat. So oh, you yeah. got to... You got to bring, you got to bring out the flamethrower after they've been on. I thought you did well. You got a good flamethrower going. Yeah, I, got, I feel like I brought the heat. We had the, had the good backing man, the Mr. Lewis. Yeah, backed up. Those totally. Guys they great. were great. It's really weird. I've discovered a lot about you the past year. I've known you, and I... Totally slept on Valley Lodge. That band, I formed that uh, went shortly after I moved to New York 20 years ago, coming up on 21. From Cleveland? Or? From Cleveland. I was living in Cleveland. I went to New York. I had lived in New York. I had gone to school in New York at Fordham oh, okay. in the Bronx and lived there a bit after that. And I went home for the weekend to Cleveland, never to return. And then several years later, I went to New York for the weekend and never came back. So it's very dangerous when I go somewhere for the weekend. Yeah, I mean, because there's yeah. no telling whether I'll return, and um, so yeah, I went there. And my buddy John Kimbrough, who's one of my best friends and one of my favorite musicians of all time, he had a band called Walt Mink. I remember uh, that band. Yeah, they were on Caroline and then Atlantic, and just a great band. And then so we were both in New York and kind of, you know, decided to make a record together. And we called it Valley Lodge after a homeless shelter that I used to work at. Just because I always loved the sound of that Valley Lodge. It always sounded like this paradise of some sort. It is pretty cool. Did, yeah. um, did they have a... Did the guy from Altmink still in the band? or is he? Uh, no, he ended up... Well, he's always, you know... Kind of a founder, I guess? Or? Yeah, well, he moved to L.A. and then we made another record. I mean, we made that record and didn't really... I don't know. Every record we make, I always think, is the last one. Because we made the one, and then he moved to L.A., and then, this is a weird thing, like, the only thing I, my only goal with Valley Lodge was to tour Japan, and I made zero effort. I only (laughs) literally just thought it. Yeah. I just had it in my head. I want this band to tour Japan. I need to live out my cheap trick, kiss, you know, 70s rock fantasies, and go tour Japan, and then one day... 
I got a, a message on like our MySpace page. This is you know, 2008-2009. You know, this label wanted to put out our record over there, so they wanted bonus tracks, and so we, I was like, oh, let's just make another record. But John was already living in LA at that point, and so they put out like a new version of the first record with some bonus tracks that were ended up being on our second album. And then when the tour came around, we actually couldn't, like, there was a, kind of a new version of the band and like one of the guys had already accepted a UK tour with, uh, basically just worked, like his other band was going, to, and then the, the new bass player was, uh, getting married in Mexico and then the drummer couldn't do it for whatever reason and so I ended up just kind of taking John Kimbrough flew from LA to Japan and then Doug Gillard from Guided by Voices played who's I've known since I was a teenager he played bass and then Dale May my buddy played drums and they had never even met John until we got to Osaka I think which was the first stop of the tour. And so we did this tour, like having, you know, they just met him and we just rehearsed in the hotel room. And uh, anyway, so yeah, then we did that and then we made a third record and that had a song that I wrote kind of inspired, you know, I don't, you know, well, you've been to Asia or that part of the world. Like mm -hmm. you go to Asia, Australia, like I get just my ass kicked by jet lag on the way back. It's a long trip back too, man. Going there, you're really excited and coming back. Yeah, you yeah. kind of get through on the excitement on the way, on when you're there, but then when you're back, <clears throat> I, it takes me like three weeks to feel normal again. And in that sort of state where, you know, because I've been to Australia a few times and Asia a few times, like you come back and you could like just go to sleep in a garbage can. <laughs> like at any moment, you just like, I can go to sleep. And uh, it was in that, I remember I was, and you wake up at three in the morning, wide awake, yeah. ready to start the day. And so I did that. And one one of those times I woke up and I had this song in my head, like, do, 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 do. I even have the demo on my phone, like hum, humming into the phone, like three or four in the morning. And then that song ended up being a song called Go, which is the first song on our third album. Use Your Weapons, and then that song, one day I got a phone call from Liz Stanton at Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, and she you know, said, we want to use this song to be the theme song. So that was such a nice thing to have happen, and such a wonderful thing that it's such a great show, too. It's a like, fantastic show. I mean, it's one of the best shows on TV. Certainly, uh, I, mean, I mean, they've won 70,000 Emmys, and they deserve it. <laughs> but like... You know, that's been such a nice thing. You, Knock you, on wood, they'll <laughs> stay on the air forever. But um, I think it will. I mean, it's just such a solid show, and it's a needed show, I think, really. In that, it, uh, 1,000%. So yeah, smart and so yeah. funny. I mean, it's that show is so good. Like, my girlfriend watches. I watch it, but my girlfriend is like, you know, she's, you know, she's the one that takes care of whatever that's called when you tape a show. I don't even know what it's oh. called. <laughs> What's it called? DVR? Or DVR, DVR, yes. Whatever it's yeah. called. She does it. I don't know how to do I mean, do Brooklyn's that. called Curation, though, I think. Yeah, I don't know how to do it, but she does. And so, I mean, the last... There was an episode recently, she's like, it, where John spoke so eloquently that she's like, I'm writing that down. Because he said something like, which is like, that's exactly what I want to say, but he said it perfectly. She wrote it down. And, um, yeah, it's such a great show. Anyway, so... Yeah, and then we did another record, and we just finished our fifth record. And we've only toured Japan. We did Bonnaroo <laughs> once, where we were the house band for Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. Oh, wow. I, which I watched, was yeah. uh, Robert Smigel, huh? Yeah, Robert Smigel, who's such an amazing dude and one of the funniest humans on Earth. And, like, that guy, I mean, I've done a few things. I did that with him, and then I did, like, an election special with him where... I got one of his writers, Bob Powers, like, hey, uh, Robert wants to know if you want to be the house kind of one-man band for this thing they were doing for Hulu or something. And he's like, you know, he needs like a piano player, a keyboard player. And I was like, well, 
I suck at keyboards, but I know guys who are really good. Do you want me to <laughs> recommend some people? He's like, let me check back, check to see what Robert and it's back. Like, he's like, Robert said he would rather have you, like, like even though you're not very good. So I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll be there. So we went, I went there and like, just kind of barely getting by, like playing what he wanted me to play. Like I suck. Uh. Like, I can fake it. If you give me a banjo, I can sound amazing for 30 seconds. Uh-huh. And then you're like, well, he sucks, doesn't he? <laughs> and then, but, so, I was good. the thing is, I don't know how to play any songs on piano. Mm-hmm. I can play, <clears throat> like, um, so I, the only thing I can really play is um, the intro to Only the Good Die Young. You know, That's probably a requirement for moving to Brooklyn, I'm sure, too. I live in Manhattan. This is the thing about me. People think I live... In Brooklyn, but I, I have not lived in Brooklyn, in seventeen years. The illusion. Yeah, I think it just seems my, so expensive there. My hair. And well, you know, I'm a bazillionaire. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. Um, um, but no, I'm I'm a I'm a savvy uh, renter. Um, but so, so we were doing the show, and they would have to take breaks to like, you know, they got to figure out. It's hard. You're doing a puppet and all that. And during the breaks, the, the like stage manager would be like, "Dave, we play a song like during the break." And I, I'd be like, "Oh fuck!" And so I go, and then I would get to that part, the drum fill, and then that would thank God be where they were like, "Okay, we're ready to go back." So thanks, Dave. And then it would happen again. And then so like, Dave, will you play another song? I'm like, okay. And each time, so thank God, like. The audience is laughing more and more each time. But I really don't know how to play anything else. As far as songs, I can just fake things. Yeah, it's uh, it, yeah, it's great having someone who can improvise, but that's even better having just like one, one song. That's all I have, you know, like you walk by a piano in a hotel lobby or something and break that out. But, I mean, I play, you know, like I play keyboards and stuff on records, but I have to, like, track each note separately a lot of times because that's how bad I am. I understand. I'm like that too. Do you, do, were you, uh, how did you get into playing guitar? Did you just teach yourself or did you have... Uh, did you... A bit of both. Like my dad, who's primarily a piano player, in fact, you can go on YouTube and see my dad playing Stairway to Heaven on piano and then I play uh-huh. the solo with him. Was he a musician uh, back in the day? Yeah, he's always played guitar. I mean, he was never in bands or anything like that, and not like a rocker dude. He's more like classical and jazz and stuff. And then he, um, you know, I wanted to play guitar, and then he was like, you have to play piano Mm -hmm. for three years before you get a guitar. So (laughs) I did. I took piano from like... Eight to eleven or something, and then okay. So you're not totally just a not novice at it. No, you have some, some I have music some theory, knowledge. Yeah, yeah. you read music and stuff. Too, I, right? I I read music like hieroglyphics. Like I couldn't <laughs> sit down and sight read something and play a piece of music you put in front of me. But I could if you like put me down with a, a sheet music and came yeah. back two weeks later. I'd be like, I got it. I was in band for two years playing the drums or playing like bass drum and cymbals and never learned to read music. I just kind of figured out what, what they wanted. Yeah, that's like when I took piano lessons, my teacher was like, I know you're just listening and watching me. You're mm-hmm. not really I'm like, yeah, and I was, you know, eight or whatever. But yeah, so I started playing guitar, <clears throat> like first on his nylon string guitar, like smoke on the water and all that stuff that people do, you know. And then I got an electric guitar when I was 13. And I took lessons for like, a year and then I quit and just kept playing and then I took lessons for another year in high school from like the local mm-hmm. shredder <laughs> in town because I was like I want to learn to shred so you got the sweet skills from huh? well I didn't weirdly like I think I've gotten better in recent years at guitar because and there's still like it's such an endless thing like some days I'm like oh I'm pretty good some days I'm like, oh, I have no idea how to play. And some t- some days I'm like, I'm a god. But not very <laughs> often do I think like that. I find like, you know, with writing and performing and things like that, so so often you're 
like just up your own ass like in you know so many factors like getting in your head and but I love playing the guitar because it's like a physical thing and you can go like you can practice something and then you're like yeah that's crazy train or whatever uh, it, it's a tangible <clears throat> thing to have in your life you know the same with uh you know exercise or whatever which which I also do yeah I, yeah your guitar playing is pretty phenomenal I mean just uh, oh thank you because I mean I knew you as a you know, comedian first and then I saw the guitar I've heard a story about a local guitar player it's a friend of mine that uh he learned uh, hot for teacher is uh um remember the old turntables back in the day they had like the you know 33 45 78 uh-huh. and they had six month old had a 16 rpm pitch back there oh ones. yeah so this guy rob uh learned hot for teacher he took 1984 and turned it down to 16 and then transported everything out oh wow that's absolutely brilliant yeah i mean i do that on youtube now like you can slow videos down to half time and yeah. or you can slow them down and then you know, it maintains the pitch, so mm-hmm. you can go like, okay, what is he doing there? That's cool. And then I can kind of do it, and then like, I then, but it's hard to get. Like, I really want to learn sales of Sharon or whatever by mm-hmm. Scorpions, Uli John Roth, like uh, one of their early guitar players, and he's an absolute beast, you know. And the guitar playing is is just insane. I think kind the of early like, stuff is underrated too. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean they kind of they're like they're not like ZZ Top, but they are like ZZ Top in that they were doing something totally kind of like really like ZZ Top. I mean, one of the greatest bands of all time. But yeah. like you know, they made those early records that you know my I prefer those records, and then they became you know consciously the. A drum machine band. It's kind of ended the stardom. Yeah, know, with, with Eliminator and Scorpions. Yeah. Similarly, yeah. were like making this like <clears throat> kind this, of more stuff, huh? Yeah, and then they then they were like then they were like, all right, let's just do Rocky like a Hurricane. That's a phenomenal song. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, amazing. It, uh, big City Nights. I mean, big no, city, no, no, no one like is it no one like you. That's a good song, also. They have amazing songs, yeah. but like they, they're yeah, their <clears> early stuff was like really like more progressive and stuff but um I worked with a German guy at the Red College Radio and he had a copy of Virgin Killer with the you know the band cover and stuff oh yeah it's like whoa what's it's an insane cover the original cover and the replacement cover also insane who's like your like favorite guitarist or like a couple of your favorite guitarists it's hard to say like I mean you know Jimmy Page Johnny Marr Eddie Van Halen uh you know, Dave Davies, uh, Pete Townsend, just the obvious ones, like, uh, like uh, Johnny Winter. Though, you know, more recently Johnny Winter, like, because I really slept on him, and then sort of recently I've been going. Billy Gibbons, yeah. Dr. No from Bad Brains, uh, Jay Mascus. Uh, I mean, there's it's endless, you know. And who else? I don't know. There's, I really like Terry Roach from the Roaches. Do you know the Roaches? Yeah, yeah. I really like. I mean, all of the Roaches. Maggie's dead, but they all play. Uh, it's kind of jazz this, adjacent, or something. And this, yeah, and this way that's the, and they sing weird and they play weird, and it's awesome. So, but Terry Roach, yeah, her playing is really blows my mind. And I don't know. It's just all day. It's like there's so many oh, yeah. guitar players. I mean, then you, then you go Chet Atkins, Tommy Emmanuel, and then there's just so many people. I mean, the guitar is like an endless. Like you can work so hard on one kind of style, and then someone comes along and just is like, here, playing it like it's a totally different instrument. So, yeah, and then like who is it, Rodrigo? And Gabriella. Yeah, yeah. They're amazing. Like, I was in a restaurant in New York, one of my favorite restaurants, but closed. And then, anyway, we opened, but uh, they were playing, you know, they played music kind of quietly in the background. I was in there one night. I'm listening to this, like, I'm like, is this Orion by Metallica? And it was their cover of it. And I said to the waiter, I was like, is this a cover of Orion by Metallica? And he was like, 
Yes, and you get free dessert <laughs> for guessing that because I don't think I didn't, we didn't think anyone in this restaurant would know what was happening. Hello. Hello. Everybody's got pants on. It's a pants positive. Well, Mike is not wearing pants. We're podcasting. Yeah, short, yeah, short, yeah. Oh, uh, am I interrupting? Oh, it doesn't no, no. Yeah, we're sorry. It was very, just... very informal podcast. Okay. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Go Let's have a close. cameo, cameo by. Oh, yeah, this oh, is Jeff. Hello. He's going to play some guitar tonight. No, oh, nice. Cool. Very cool. <laughs> we're talking about uh, just metal and guitars and all that stuff like that. Oh, She's Glenn getting... Campbell, another yeah. amazing guitar player. Oh, my he, God, I'm a huge yeah. Glenn Campbell fan. <clears throat> yeah, that's, yeah, Glenn Campbell. I saw him when I was 12 in Las Vegas. I will forever kick myself. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking, but he was playing at Carnegie Hall, his last tour, and for whatever reason, I was like, I didn't, I don't know why it didn't sink in that this is my last chance to see him. His son said something really interesting. Um... That he's, you know, he's like, oh, he's talking about how awful, of course, you know, that his dad had Alzheimer's. But then he was like, the one cool, what's happening? I think it's smile on this side right here. Oh. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Lockdown. Oh, hell, it's great. Hey, Bobby. It's a fried chicken burger. If you're into it, oh my a couple gosh. bites, maybe. Amazing. How's it going? Thank you. So kind. How you doing, man? Good to see you. All right. You were at Clayton Club, right? Yeah. We're doing the podcast. Oh, I don't know what you're saying. But yeah, the... Um, Bobby just walked in. Oh, yeah. Out of the Yeah. Using use the local color and everything. And yeah. Stuff. One of my favorite guitar players. Yeah. We were just talking about yeah. this, about guitar play. Oh, okay. You play guitar, too, and great. you think, yeah. you go like, oh, I think I have a handle on the guitar a little bit, and then, then I'll see someone like you play, and I'll be like, I should quit. You got a handle. I got a minor. Some I have a few seconds, and I'm like, yeah. oh, I don't know what's happening anymore. It's just that you black out too much. I just black yeah. out too much heat. Yeah, my yeah. body can't handle it. Yeah, it's that uh, it's that rider he has. It makes it all kind of crazy. It's yeah. true. But yeah, you mean yeah, you mm-hmm. in the house too. Good to see you. <laughs> Futuristic. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, yeah, just so many like oh, you know. Uh, any of the new metal bands you're into? Because I, I, I don't, not like new metal, not, 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 not in new metal, but uh, like, like, like uh, young, young, younger, up and coming metal bands. Really. Yeah, I'm um, trying to think um, who is really, I mean, I always think like new, but a lot of the bands are just new to me. And it turns out they've been together like 30 years. Dude, right? You know, and you, so. Because I always, like, I'd seek out new music, but I also seek out stuff that I missed, you know? Or, like, I'm really into with YouTube and all the streaming is you can go, like, who is the band that got it right once? Who just had one amazing song? Right. That's what I'm into. But um, new metal bands, but, again, not new at all. They're just new that I'm in. I mean, Lorna Shore is pretty amazing. Like, um, my buddy Jamie Archie's son's band. And, but I'm really like, for metal, I kind of go, if they're not, if I can't hear the Sabbath influence and or just an obvious, like, mission to fucking, like, just be the most evil, satanic thing that's ever happened, if they're not doing one of those two things or both at the same time, then I'm probably not into it. That's my metal standard. I think you want some showmanship and you want right? some... Right, that's yeah. pretty good. Well, you want this whole like, package. I don't you know? want to shit talk any bands, though I could do it all day. <laughs> but, like, there's some metal bands where I'm just like, this is not, like, some very popular ones where I'm like, this is not heavy and it's not, uh, nothing's, it's going right through me. It's just kind of going right past me or no, through exactly me, like, yeah. and, but some really popular bands and, you know... But no, there's a lot of. I really, I really like Spend Death Hammer from Norway. They're like kind of blackened thrash. Niflheim. Do you know Niflheim from Sweden? No. They're insane. I love them. Um, uh, this band Vemod from from uh, Norway. I love them. I'm gonna forget. This is the problem with like 
what I'm into. I always just forget as soon as we stop, then I'll be like, oh, I forgot to name seven million other things. Would you mind doing a playlist? Maybe you can do a playlist on Spotify. That'd be great because I usually get the guests to do a playlist. Um, I'm a big fan of the train wreck playlist. Like, try to pick songs that just don't go together at all. (laughs) When I had my WFMU show, I used to try to do that just in, like, Come out of Glen Campbell into Dark Throne. Nice. You know, just kind of like really. Um, uh, I would take but that But like ride. new bands are, I, well, metal. I don't, I'm trying to think. What metal have I been? Oh, I mean, I've been listening. To, I mean, they're, again, not new at all. They're like 30, of, way no, way more than 30 years old. But I've been listening to The Obsessed a lot lately. Are you into them? Oh, yes. Um, up, uh, this is very name droppy, but why no messaged me on Instagram and I almost passed out because I was like, what? Why no? I'm always, anytime anyone knows I exist, I'm like, what? How do right. they know I right. am alive? He, he was a fan of yours also? or He had, he said like, oh, he had watched my special and liked it and said I had a sick guitar tone. And I was just like, yeah. that yeah. is a nice message. I, and when well, you hear that, you're like, yeah, I'm like, it's, I can retire. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was so nice to hear. Well, I had heard from um, Jason Taylor, the other guitar player, and Obsessed before. So I'm guessing he probably told Wino. I don't know if I want... Should I... This is probably stupid to put it on podcast, me talking Hello. about that. No. He asked you. No, it's a great I know, guy. but I, I always hate to be like, oh, this guy likes me. But um, I do get a big kick out of it when people that I admire like me like well i'll just keep going um <laughs> one day I, you know i have my street gang the dangerous snakes who hate bullshit and one day during the pandemic i got a, a dm on instagram from tom peterson from cheap trick of course and he sent me a picture of him in a dangerous snakes shirt and i immediately called two of my friends who like vaguely know one knows him and the other vaguely knows him and i was like did you do this what's happening and then they were both like no so i'd go to tom peterson i was like well how do you know who i am you're scaring me (laughs) (laughs) but a famous stalker that'd be really good (laughs) tom peterson stalking you from cheap trick no he's not stalking me of course like (laughs) i've been like i like nashville when i'm in nashville i'm like hey come out Oh, he, he lives in Nashville, or Blue Summer, yeah, around there. Yeah, a lot of the uh, like the metal guys from the '80s, like Mark Slaughter and the Striper guys, all live in Franklin or Nashville. Dave Mustaine lives in Nashville. I heard you bought a house here too, but I'm not sure. Do you know? Uh, I don't know. I had dinner with him again. I'll just keep name dropping. Yeah, oh. I had dinner with him at um, got a lot of room. Cesar from uh, Gibson's house. It was a guitar summit. It was me, Alex Golnick, Dave Mustaine, Cesar, a couple other folks. But yeah, it was pretty, a lot of riffage going on. It, and we had tilapia, I believe. One of the, a lot of people say the most metal of fish. <laughs> tilapia. I think it was tilapia. No mercury, just metal. It's good. Yeah. How did you be friends with uh, Phil from Pantera? I met him, I had actually met him, though I... I wouldn't have ever expected him to remember, but I met him on, like, Chuck Mosley, the first Faith No More singer, lived in Cleveland. I was friends with Chuck, and Pantera was playing, I don't know what, I think it was probably Great Southern Trend Kill Tour. They were playing in Cleveland, and Chuck, so Phil was a fan of Chuck's, and so I went and I met Phil then, but then many years later... My friends Chris Lee and Sean Salt, Sean from White Zombie, they're married. Oh, Chris from Supergroup, right? Yeah, from Supergroup, oh, yeah. of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I became friends with them, and they uh, would like, they live in New Orleans and New York. Right. So when they were in New York, they would come out to shows. And then Chris was like, you know, we've been sending Phil your videos and stuff. And then Chris had the idea to do. It's like, what if we did a series where Phil schools you on metal? So I was like, yeah, of course. And uh, so I was down in New Orleans, and we went out to Phil and his now wife, Kate, live uh, out in, like, 
relative middle of nowhere as far as yeah oh geez i didn't come so we went there i think that we went there had a little barbecue to see if like if me and phil phil and i would hit it off and we hit it off right away i remember he probably still is but at the time you probably were subjected i'm sure you were he's really into portal yeah. From Australia, like this band, they sound to me. I love them, but they sound to me like an anxiety attack. Like I hear their music, and I think I'm having an anxiety attack. Very. I even told the singer this. Yeah, it's it's fucking sounds crazy, and it's amazing. So, he sat me down and like made me listen to like what felt like six hours of Porto. <laughs> And he's like, no, listen to this, this. Anyway, we really hit it off, and then we did. We initially had sold Metal Grasshopper. Adult Swim was commissioning all these digital series, and they shot a bunch of them, and then I guess decided they weren't, they gave everyone back their stuff. We're like, we're not doing this. So we just threw it on YouTube, and it's, uh, it lives on. It's, I mean, it's gotten like millions of views, and people still, like if I go to a metal show, there's going to be people who recognize me as Metal Grasshopper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, in fact, when it doesn't happen, I'm like, what's going on? Does my hair not look right today? What's yeah. happening? But did, uh, uh, it was what, so and, fun to do. Yeah, I guess it brings us to Witch Taint also, too. How did Witch Taint come about? And thank you for doing Witch Taint, by the way. Oh, th- well, Witch Taint is sort of along in like 2000. Well, first of all, Lords of Chaos, that book, which was later a movie. Starring yeah. my friend Rory Culkin. <clears throat> um, more name drop. I'm a big fan of name dropping. It's fun yeah, to do. friends. And so I had read that book, and and then I was just kind of like really fascinated and entered. This is, so I read that book in like late, well, I guess when it came out, like late 90s. And then around 2004, I decided just one night I was... I just found this website that had like all these contact emails for all these black metal bands. So I started emailing them one by one and being like, what's up, pussies? <laughs> and like saying, you know, I have this, my name's Lance, I have this band, Witch Taint, we would destroy you. And things like that. Just stupid. Just for my own entertainment. It wasn't ever meant for anyone else to see, which is, I always think my, I think the best art, if I may speak broadly, comes from like when you're truly just doing it for your own entertainment joy so i did that truly never intending to show it to anyone and then one i emailed what i thought was this band mysticum but it ended up being their label now i've still i don't think i ever heard their music all these years later but i was just shitting on them and telling this guy to sign my band witch taint and it went on he the guy was just like really polite, just very patient. Finally, my friend John Kimbrough, I mentioned, we recorded a song, a three and a half minute song that feels like 20 minutes if you hear it, just unlistenable, and sent it. And he gave like an honest assessment that was like, it's like, oh, it's right, it's really repetitive and like sounds very derivative. And both of us was like, yeah, we were trying to make a black metal song. And we, were, we recorded the whole thing in like 20 minutes. And so it went on and on, and I was showing my buddy John and my friend David, and then uh, another friend, Jeff Watson, like once it run its course, like put it on, he wanted to put it on the internet. And the thing I like about the emails is like, I don't think, I wouldn't have let people read them if I thought the guy looked bad. I didn't, I didn't yeah. think it made him look bad. It was just like, I think he comes off just as a patient, nice guy who's dealing with an idiot. So, which is why I was okay with people seeing it. So then, we start, my buddy Phil Costello, we started reading it on stage, and we did St. Vitus in Brooklyn a couple times, and then we, I got asked to do South by Southwest, doing stand-up, and I said, you know, I have this thing called Witch Taint, where we read these emails in Corpse Bank, we do that. We did that, and it was sold out at a, I can't remember what, we literally were walking up to the theater, there's this long line, and we were like, what else is happening here? tonight because this must be another show and they're like no this is your show it's sold out we're like what <laughs> and uh and it was such a fun night one of the guys from the decemberists wrote me an email saying how much they like the show and he's like 
I play in a pussy band called the Decembrists. Like he said that, which I thought was very funny. Chris? Yeah, Chris, Chris Funk. Chris Funk. He's a nice yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he does this thing for kids, uh, some kids charity every year. Yeah, he wrote and me a really nice. I mean, but yeah, they're uh, they're not the most aggressive band in the world. But, well, he but said good. that like I was just to be funny, which was hilarious. And then, so we did that, and then we did London, I think, and then we did Oslo. We did the Crap Comedy Festival in Oslo, and then we got asked to do Vok. Well, my friend Dan DeVito, who's a metal yeah. booker, uh, he got us on Vakken, and we did. For show we did every day of Vakken in this tent, and people were so confused. Like, what you know, these European people were like, Why are the guys are course paint reading from laptops? But by that time, we had written like three or four songs, and when we would play the songs, like the whole place would go crazy. So finally, we were like, Fuck it, let's let's just be a band. And uh, and so we we made a record and we started playing, the pandemic hit, and then. The whole thing kind of imploded, which is my fault. So, which taint? But also, in true black metal form, it's very doesn't last, and then you can't play live, and the lineup changes. So, it's sort of like life imitating art, or the other way around, or something. Minus the homicides, which is good. Minus the homicides. It's a good thing. What's the documentary? Yeah. Alamo made this documentary about death metal. Wait, a black metal? Doc- was it until the light takes us? Oh no. Vice did a good. Thing with uh, Gaul from Gorgoroth, you know, and they go, they like go to his house in the middle, you know, I think he lives in Bergen, but he has this other house like in this town that like is named after his family and it's really insane and he, I met him at, at Vakken, he showed up and my girlfriend had no idea who he, who he was and he gets, it's like hot as shit in the summer at and he gets out of this van, and he's wearing like a like turtleneck and leather, like knee length leather jacket. Like an, it's eighty degrees out, and uh, and I was like, oh my god, Gal, can I get? And and even my girlfriend afterwards, she's like, like I'm glad you asked to take a picture, like because that guy seemed intense, <laughs> and the picture is really good. He's just like not smiling at all but it's funny like I was in in LA and I was like talking it was like I had gone to see Jimmy Kimmel a taping of Jimmy Kimmel and my friend Jill Lederman was like the showrunner and she was talking to me like right on Hollywood we were walking down Hollywood Boulevard or whatever and I see Abbot and Demonaz from Immortal I'm like, oh my god, there's a mortal. And she's like, well, you have to get a picture. Like, who else would know that was them? You have. So I chased them down. I was like, a mortal, a mortal. They finally turned around and they were like confused. I'm like, you're a mortal, right? <laughs> and they're like, oh yeah. And I'm like, can I get a picture? I have it on my phone somewhere. And I look like I just got out of Disneyland or something. Like, cause I was just so, I was so happy. And they, like, put sunglasses on for the picture, which is always, you know, good. And they look super metal. Um, but, yeah, so that was cool. And then when... I, and then Fenris has come out, too. He came to one of my comedy shows in Oslo and then came out to the witch chain thing that we did there, um, which I was very nervous about because I was like, I hope he's not insulted. By this, but he was like, "No, was, right." Everybody yeah. kind of gets it, you know. Especially, yeah, yeah. well, he's a really funny guy. I love the visual of you at a comedy show and like fifteen guys in death metal outfits are standing in the back, kind of watching <laughs> the show, taking the comedy in. Well, yeah, a few. I don't know. Some other guys came. Oh, I'm trying to think what bands, some other metal dudes came. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love Norway in general. Do you? This is fucking yeah, great, best country. I love I love uh, Scandinavia so much. Yeah. It's amazing. I'm trying to figure out a way. I mean, I could just go, but I love it so much. Every time I'm there, I'm like, I don't ever want to leave. It's cool. Yeah. It's just you play beautiful. with a honky. Everyone's there, more attractive. Honky didn't make it that far north. No, but uh, did the Germany 
you know, we didn't make it that far north. But with Down, and Pantera was just there this year. Plus, you played in Down also? Yes. Yeah, he was in Down yeah. for a while. What years were you in Down? I uh, did the last record. Oh, okay. Uh, I was <clears> Down as a tech and a stage manager for 12, 15 years. I was on okay. Plus. Was that when we first met? Is yeah, maybe when you were in Down. And then I got the gig. Kirk Winstein dropped out, so I got the gig. Mm-hmm. That's what happens sometimes too. Like you know, Battlefield promoted us into hey, the band. Yeah. yeah. Let's let's meet the band real quick. Uh, hey, Bobby Landgraf, bass yeah. guitar, formerly of Honky yeah. and Down. Cool. I'm Jeff Neely. I'm playing rhythm. Oh. I'm Mike Baldwin doing drums. Oh, I got an all-star band tonight, man. This is great. There's beer and diet cokes as requested. That's oh, yeah. Not to, I, mean, I thought you, I thought you guys wanted it mixed. Laverne and Shirley type You guys thing, yeah. texted and said you wanted beer and diet coke, so I mixed it all together. <laughs> it's a big bucket. I we were in Gimlo, we asked for Just shit. Do you, do you ever go like uh, in Austria? I was in Austria, and they drink red wine and coke. Yes. Together. Yes. Really? Yeah, and I, so I drank. So when I was there, I was like, I, you know, I try to do, go local whenever I can. <laughs> and so I was like, all right, I'm in. How'd and that the, work out? It was fine. It was maybe not something I would do today, uh, as much as I did this. My friend Walter Schreifels was playing Quicksand. in his band, Quicksand, Gorilla Biscuits, Rival Schools, what um, Dead Heavens. But we were we now. were touring. We played in Austria, yeah, and I was like, these girls were like, we're drinking red wine and Coke. I'm like, I'm in. But I was, you know, not that much younger, man, but young enough that I could uh, drink a lot of red wine and Coke and feel okay. Yeah, but as a younger man, depending on the girls, if they say, hey, we're gargling slugs, you're like, I'm in. Yeah, yeah, this is accurate. I can survive that, yeah. Yeah, the... uh... Yeah, nowadays it's just a lot. Yeah, you know, it's a lot more recovery time involved. I think. Yes. Yeah. I can't even. I mean, I can drink as much as I used to, but yeah, the recovery is just. And then you just like I don't know. Then I'm like, well, if I do this, and it's oh, it's like broken record. Like, there's this restaurant my girlfriend and I go to in New York, where they do their wine pours are the biggest. It's this restaurant called Jeans, which is one of my favorite restaurants on earth. And their wine pours are really like, we started going there. I was like, why am I wasted every time I leave here? <laughs> when I had like two glasses of wine. Yeah, I finally a- asked them like, how many, uh, how many glasses do you get per bottle? I'm like, we try to get three. It's just that's a pretty big pour. And, uh, and so, and then a lot of times they like give you like a free round, like a complimentary after dinner drink. Yeah. And every every time my girlfriend's like, don't do it, don't do it. I'm like, no, no, today I'm fine. I filled up on yeah. bread, I'll be good. And then the next day I'm like, don't ever let. Yeah. And I'm also at the point now where I, the day after I go out with any, I mean, I would say, I'm like, don't let me go out alone with other men. <laughs> Which just like sounds like I'm saying, let me go out with women yeah. alone. But I'm not asking that either. Yeah. But I'm like, just don't let me do it. Oh, this is what I was going to say about drinking. Before I forget, is I think it has to be psychosomatic, but I do not get hangovers whenever I leave America. Okay. I'm just like wake up and I might be like a little cobwebby, but I just kind of go, all right, I'm back. What do you mainly drink when you're there? Do you drink beer or drink uh, everything? Or it depends. Yeah, but somehow it could doesn't... be better distilled or better. The beer is like I have a lot better here. Though American beer is shitty and taps are yeah. really dirty. Like, I would barely drink tap beer in New York because it's just like <clears throat> Manhattan Budweiser runs it. So, yeah. you know, it's just going to be shit. <laughs> there, I just ruined I just blew it. You spend this as a plea for them to do better. You know, make better beer. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, well, they, it, they don't, like, they, they don't make, I'm not a Bud fan. Sometimes a Bud Light would be good, but, like, cause just, like it's just like drinking water, but... Uh, no, they own a lot of good beer companies, but I don't think like Modelo. I like Modelo, but I feel like they don't like. I feel like they don't uh, bring the hammer down on. It's not their fault. It's the bar's fault that they just like. Because there's this German place, Lederhosen, in my neighborhood that closed, and I realized I never got hangovers when I went there. Hmm. I would feel, and the guy Dirk is from Dresden. 
I'm like, how come I never get sick when I come here? Like, I'll consciously know, like, oh, I'm having one too many, and I always feel fine. He's like, he's like, because I don't, you, you Americans, you switch out your kegs, you don't clean the lines, you just, mm -hmm. he's like, I'm very serious. That he's like, that's why you don't get sick. Uh, we'll wrap up real quick and uh, yeah. Well, what's these guys? What's your next project? What's going on with you guys? Um, right now, I'm well. Other than touring with Pantera, uh, bass teching. Um, I play bass locally in Austin on like a hired gun, which is kind of cool when I'm home. Uh, Snakes of Central Texas is my latest thing I'm doing, and uh, yeah, that's 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 me. Watch yourself. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm based out of Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay. Um, I've got a couple projects. I've got a, um, an acoustic duo I do called Mike and Amy. Cool. And an uh, Irish rock band called The Irish Exits. And you're just in town? or you're? Uh, I'm, I'm in town. I've got family here and work here. And uh, oh. I, lo I love Austin. But you're from Raleigh. But you're, you're living in Raleigh mainly. I do. Okay. I put out music under the name South Bank. I'm based here in Austin, but most of the musicians I work with are in Dallas, just because I'm, I'm sort of a, I've been part of the, the team for the 097s for a long time, so okay. I'm sort of part of that whole crew. So you don't know Hulk then, I guess? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Noah's yeah. a good, good dude, yeah. yeah he, yes, Rhett Miller and I are the exact same age. Yes, I, it, it, it bothers me every time I see him, and I've told him several times. He's a vampire. He really is. They're yeah. good guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Man, guys, thank you for, uh, for you know, Join in also. Thank day five. You. We haven't got to the book. Let's, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Everyone go get my new book, The Awesome Game, One Man's Incredible Globe-Crushing Hockey Odyssey. We're now. hoping in 2024 to do some Valley Lodge records on Chicken Ranch. We're going to do it. Dave, thank you so much. Thank you, Mike. You're listening to Space Station by Night Drive from their album Position 2. Check it out on digital and analog formats. Available at crr.rocks or at your local record store. Chicken Ranch Records, the podcast was produced, hosted, and edited by Mike Dickinson. Special thanks to Jack McFadden at 310 Austin at ACL Live. Tune in next episode, when we have the authors of the book A Curious Mix of People, Greg Beats and Richard Weimark, with very special guest, Carl Normal, of legendary Austin band, Stretford. Thank you for tuning in and turning on. Drop us an email at ranch at crr.rocks.